Welcome to Trust Tree Talks, a podcast to support our ambition to connect with a kick-ass tribe of people who are doing what it takes to make their lives shine. We're your hosts. I'm Elizabeth Holmes. And I'm Lisa Schauer. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. But please note, this podcast is intended to reflect how we speak in our actual lives. And as such, salty language does enter the picture sometimes. You've been warned. We hope you've caught up on our other episodes and heard our interviews with a couple of the outstanding writers contributing to our forthcoming anthology, Omitted from My Obituary. Today, we're going to talk about the anxiety that can accompany the opportunity to tell your story. We're again coming to you from the offices of Point North Consulting on beautiful Officers Row in Vancouver, Washington, and we're ready to dive into the touchy topic of talking about yourself. Come on, it'll be fun. When we came up with this idea of putting together an anthology as an extension of a series we did last March for Women's History Month that we did on our social media, Her Stories, we highlighted the important women in local history. It was difficult to find easily accessible information about the women beyond Mother Joseph and Esther Short. And the Esther Short information might be a little sketchy as to how truthful it is, but that's history. We wanted to know about what contemporary women had to tell us about their lives and allow them the opportunity to shape their own stories. When we sat down and made a list of potential authors to approach, we realized we need to do a series of anthologies. If we are lucky enough to have all of them contribute, we started with a small group that we were most comfortable approaching. And it's a difficult ask. I think we should tell the listeners here about the most common reaction that we had when we asked these women to tell their stories. We sat down with them, we took them to coffee, and we said, we want you to tell your story for this anthology. And almost everyone cried. Their first response was tears. And I was surprised by that. But Lisa, you, not so much. I thought that there was so much power in asking someone to share their stories because we saw them and how powerful it would be for someone to reach out to me, have coffee with me and say, I want you to tell your story because I believe it's worthwhile and others will want to read it. And I think that's the emotion that we saw from them when we asked them and everyone said yes. They did. But now push comes to shove. And it's time to put the pencil to paper, so to speak. I don't know what the analogy is for using a computer, but it's time to actually put your words down and share them with people. And I've gotten a lot of emails from the women saying, can I just push that deadline out a little bit? Things have been so busy. We also realized that if we were going to ask others to share their stories and to dig deep and to be vulnerable, we had to be willing to share ours as well, which in the moment multiple months ago seemed absolutely appropriate and empowering. And I was ready to share my story until I had that moment where you actually had to sit down and begin to not only define what catalytic moment you'd want to share, but also be able to determine what moment others would want to read about. Yeah, the primary emotion that came up for me was anxiety. And I see that reflected in some of our writers' hesitation, mine, yours, everyone's, to move forward with actually writing it down. I mean, I was worried about um, 
what if I'm a horrible writer and no one's bothered to tell me that? What if I allow myself to be seen without this politician's wife facade that I've created and the real me isn't quite as palatable as the politician's wife? All of this came up for me and it was a nightmare and difficult to start writing. Yet of the two of us, you are the writer. And so there's a bit of intimidation uh, ensuring that I can bring it at least enough to be able to share my story with the same amount of wit and charm and cleverness that you will inevitably have in your chapter. And one of the things that I have been thinking about and I'm intrigued about your comments about the mask and the politician's wife is this social conditioning that we have around feeling that hesitation, that real place of vulnerability, and how that connects to judging and criticizing each other and uh, the path that women find themselves on where we are not only criticizing and judging ourselves, but we may be doing that with other women around us. So I want you to tell me a little bit more about what your vulnerabilities are around bringing that mass down to be seen. Okay, and I will get to that. But first, I want to say that every anxiety you have about writing, I have about speaking into this microphone right now. So I feel you, I see you, but you have to step to it because I'm sitting here with this microphone in front of me. Meaning that I need to start writing. Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so back to you, Beth. I have spent a long time, I don't want to say how long, because I don't want to reveal my age, but I have a carefully constructed persona of the politician's wife. And I don't just mean that because my husband's in public service. I mean, I chose a career where I consistently worked for powerful men who took my words that I had written and went out into the world and used those to make a difference mostly for developers to develop things, but don't get mad about that. Like that's life. George Bailey was a developer. So I had like the whole, you know, pearls and twin sets and demure and that's people's perception of me. And that's what I wanted them to think because the real me is not like that at all. I mean, the real me, the authentic me is still that kind of scruffy, dirty punk kid And that is not as palatable to society at large. And so that's a scary, that's really scary when the mask slips and I do say something that is authentic to me and I'm not sure how that's going to be received. Like all of that being said, you have to stop the mask. You have to put down the mask at some time and move forward because you don't want to die with your song still inside you. But over to you, Lisa. (laughs) So it's similar. And I think this is one of the many reasons why we connect and reconnected. We have often found ourselves in a position to support um, some really incredibly talented and brilliant men in our lives. And I have spent so many years writing for them or helping to prepare them to speak in front of employees or organizations that when I made this transition in 2018, I could not find my own voice. I didn't know what my authentic story was. And I certainly didn't think that there was a story that others wanted to hear. 
So I am so much more comfortable with this microphone uh, versus writing something. I can't read body language. I can't feel the emotional connection when I'm writing something and then pushing it out into the universe versus sitting down over a cup of coffee and having a conversation about my experiences and my story and making it normalized that it's okay for us to share our stories and to learn from one another and to grow and stretch. And uh, you certainly are stretching me in this writing anthology. And I'm excited about it. I just am continually struggling with, is there a story that others want to read? Is it going to be enough of a connection to those that are reading it? Or are they going to flip my chapter and go to the next one (laughs) rather than read what is my catalytic moment? It's just really a vulnerable feeling to put your story out there in the universe when you can't control it. And I think we're both control freaks. A little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. And we do whatever we could to put some lines around that and tell you how to perceive me, how to respond to me. And this this writing and putting things out there just eliminates that ability. And it it's terrifying. Yeah, you're so good at writing. And I... Absolutely love Radiant Badass, which, by the way, if you have not gone on to Elizabeth's blog, it is Radiant Badass. And I connect with you just by reading what it is that you're writing. And I laugh and I cry. And that is the power of storytelling through words. And um, that is really difficult if you're not someone who is comfortable being able to sit down and write. But we tell our stories in all different ways, you know, writing, speaking, being out just among people. We're we're sharing our stories. So, you know, one thing I would want to speak to is you'll notice that I do blog at Radiant Badass and infrequently would be a generous description of how often I blog at Radiant Badass because of this anxiety, this concern of being authentic and having people see the real me. And will that be? Accepted. And that, I mean, that's going to go back to like family of origin shaming that we would have to get Dr. Phil in here probably to, to step me through all of that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm working on it. And I think that's um, the takeaway is that you just have to keep working on it. And you're working on your writing, you're doing it. So, how do you face your fear? So, how is it that you move through and find a way? to harness that fear? I think that's a great question. Um, Before I move into that, let's take a quick break and tell the people about our candles that we love. Edith Wharton famously said, there are two ways of spreading the light, to be the light or the mirror that reflects it. We here at Trustree are committed to shining a light on women's stories, the stories that have so often gone untold. We want to help you be your brightest self and reflect that light and warmth out to the world. We've created beautiful custom candles with unique scents to remind us to always move toward the light. Our current scents are Inspire, a relaxing blend of eucalyptus and spearmint that transports you to your favorite spa, and Delight, a subtle coconut and citrus scent reminding you of the joy of a tropical vacation. Candles are available through our website, trusttreegroup.com, or by sending us an email at contacttrusttreegroup.com. 
or at the Vanwares kiosk found in Divine Consign on Main Street. These custom scents are only for a limited run and all proceeds go to support our efforts to share the stories of phenomenal women. So we're back and Lisa just asked me a question about staying courageous in the face of the daunting task of telling my story and letting my persona mask slip a little bit. This is in the context of the anthology that we're publishing later this year and writing stories for that. And once Lisa and I determined that we needed to share stories for this anthology, I did sweat bullets for several weeks and I had a running loop in my head of all the ways that I could be made to feel stupid about whatever I ended up sharing I thought, well, I could just go light and write something funny that didn't really share anything about myself. And that felt cheap. And like, I'd be cheating Lisa since she was really facing some fears. <laughs> Seemed like I needed to face some fears too. So and I got to thinking about it and I got to think about St. Brené and what she would have to say about it. And Lisa and I are obsessed with Brené Brown because she's the wisest. And that's why we call her St. Brené. And let's be real, there's a Brené Brown quote for just about everything you need to stay brave. But I'll just share this one, that staying vulnerable is a risk we have to take if we want to experience connection. And I do want to experience connection. So I just try to stay centered in that place. And I use all my weird woo-woo tools to meditate and breathe into it and stay with it and know that that feeling that awful feeling of anxiety or shame or embarrassment, it's going to pass because all feelings pass. And I was talking to my 15 year old daughter about this, my anxiety and moving through it. She reminded me of something that I already know. And that's if people are talking about you, you're probably doing something worth talking about. And isn't that better than doing nothing? And that's a pretty wise 15 year old. I mean, there's always going to be assholes out there that want you to feel shame about something, but why would you let them win? And I lied. I'm going to share another Brené quote here because it's perfectly on point, like she always is. And that's, if you're not in the arena, also getting your ass kicked, I am not interested in your feedback. And those are words to live by. Did you notice how I got into that quote when I said that? Like, if you're not getting your ass kicked, like there's a whole head bob thing. Like that's, that's right. If you're not throwing down, I do not have any interest in what you have to say. And it does come down to me being not interested any longer in allowing other people's opinions to decide how I'm going to live my life. It's easier said than done, but it's definitely worth the effort. So how do you stay brave, Lisa? So for me, it's pushing through the fear with action. Um, It's managing like a project, uh, perseverance and persistence and just doing It's when I stop to reflect on what I'm doing and why I'm doing it is when I then look at the keyboard at the computer and wonder, how am I going to write my story? And then I, you know, reach out to St. Brene and come up with a, a quote. I think for me, this particular project has been scary in terms of trying to blend both the emotional connection and really kind of who I am authentically. And I can do that over a cup of coffee. I can't do that necessarily when I just throw my words out and someone has to read them and then interpret the tone and the feeling that goes along with that because 
I really value that emotional connection that I feel when I'm with someone. So uh, channeling Brene Brown, I will go ahead and quote her. Owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy. The experiences that make us the most vulnerable. Only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. So as I've been trying to weigh the darkness that's been in my life and the light that I am striving to walk towards, I find that today my greatest ability to push through that fear is the power of our trust tree and the ability for me to know that even if I fail, that I know you're going to be there and you're going to continue to cheer me on and you are going to be my advocate. And that that gives me the comfort to be able to stretch far enough to do something I would not typically do. And for that, I'm grateful and hope that others find their trust tree and that they're able to have others that see them and champion them and want them to share their stories, that that becomes a normalized way of life, that we are willing to be vulnerable enough to share our darkness and to together be able to to walk towards happiness together and light. That's beautiful. I'm getting emotional because see, we're in the same room and I'm seeing you and feeling empowered to be able to do that, which is hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. And I just have to note that you know, I would remind you that you didn't fail because failure doesn't happen. It's just an experiment that didn't work out. True. Life's just an experiment. And sometimes you prove what doesn't work. And sometimes you prove what does work. So words I try to live by. But often that experiment doesn't work out. We'll play this back so that you can remind yourself yeah, of these I'll put this on a prophetic loop. and wise words. I think uh, related to what you were saying about kind of changing the societal norm about sharing our stories and getting to know the light and the dark with people is we kind of had a way of people could, how people could plant their own trust tree seed from what you learned during the women in leadership lecture series, kind of your experience with that. So one of the great things about that leadership lecture series was this connection that was made after the series. So two women that might not know each other were matched up and they had this opportunity to all meet for lunch at a designated time. And the power that happened within that connection was something you could feel and you could see in the room. And I left those lunches really being determined to reach out to individuals that I might know in the community or we're Facebook friends or we like each other on our Instagram posts, but I don't really know them. I don't know their story. I don't know who they are, what they believe in. And so I just made a point over the last couple of years of every single month, I would reach out to someone that I didn't know. And Schedules are challenging and difficult to sometimes connect, but even just reaching out with an email or 
asking to try and get together in person was really powerful. And I have deepened relationships that I had but didn't really know the other individual. I've connected people because now I know this person should know this other person. And it's a synergy that has just built on top of this just great feeling of trying to connect and to build a trust tree of people that believe in helping to lift one another up. Instead of competing, let's try to find ways to help each other in a very tangible, action-oriented way. I love that the purpose of that is just to get to know someone's story. It's not that you're marketing or it's not that you need something. It's just to get to know the person. I think that's lovely. How often are you asked to do something because you know someone else needs something? It's oftentimes transactional conversation, not one that is just a moment of let's take a breath together and learn from each other. Wow. So would you challenge our listeners? I would. So what we'd love for you to do is think about, is there someone that you know um, that you haven't connected with for a while? Reach out to them in this time period between this podcast and our next one. Um, If there's someone that you might know of, but you've not ever spent any time with, reach out to them. Even if there's just someone that you think is super cool, like take a chance and reach out to them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you don't know, it's probably like the pretty girl at school who doesn't get asked to the prom. I don't know. (laughs) I don't live that life. (laughs) (laughs) The point is take some action and reach out to someone. Yeah, plant that trust tree. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate your willingness to walk through this conversation of fear and overcoming our fear. As we mentioned, we've got episodes coming up with interviews with several of our anthology authors. And we are also exploring the terror that comes with learning how to tell our story. You can check us out at trusttreegroup.com. All our links are there. We'd love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast with your friends, sign up for our newsletter, Follow us on social media. Look for our candles in our online shop or at the Vanwares kiosk in Divine Consign on Main Street in Vancouver, Washington. I'm Lisa. And I'm Elizabeth. And together we are Trust Tree.